following message is being transmitted at the request of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review and the guys of the BPT. What you are about to hear contains spoilers to movies. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please disengage your listening device at this time. If you can't handle those with a possible differing view on a movie, you may also want to disengage your listening device at this time. Stay tuned for a movie review that only the guys at the Boundless Pod Trap can give you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. You could have watched this movie three times in the time it would have taken you to watch Babylon. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Close. Welcome to the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review, Episode 3-8. I am your host, Lonnie, this evening. With me, as always... Well, not always. Well, with me this evening. How you know he was talking about you? Yeah. <laughs> well, in this group, period. With, with me this evening, yeah. fucking semantics Joe himself, Joe? John Marshall... Eating, eating popcorn like a fucking champ. John Marshall! John Marshall! Beautiful. Beautiful. If we only cared about Welcome. football. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, John Marshall. And the M-A-N-M-A-I-L himself. That just Justin Milani. Hey, hey. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening, hot stuff? I don't know where I got that. I want to say I got that from, like, Cheech Marin. What's happening? What's happening? But for, I've said that since like elementary school. What's happening? What's happening? Anyways, I you, I see you, you hung up more art. Is that Janine Garofalo? That's me, man. Second time you <laughs> used that joke. That's why I said I'm over his shit today. That was why a, is your nose a Twinkie? <laughs> that's the shading. That was an art project, man. What's the What's the character? Who made it? I did. That was. Some, oh. What's the characters behind it? Is it? Is it the lyrics to Shawn Michaels' entrance theme? <laughs> it's a. Uh, it says angel. You're so random today. It says man heaven. It's it's kanji for you know man heaven angel. Yeah. I'm, this sounds like main podcast talk. It does. <laughs> anyway, let's move into the movie. Well, see, see next week for more info or info more on that. Info on art. Art. Okay. So this is our first one of 2024. Yeah. Welcome. 2024. <laughs> I hope it's better than 2023's movies because so just go. There were some. <laughs> there were some not good ones, boys. What are you talking about? We had some awesome. Yeah, ones. We you. had some awesome <laughs> ones, but we also had some not. I got one movie in 2024. All right, don't give me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah. What? We only get one movie a month. Romeo and Juliet oh, was on 24. Awesome. Willow's Creek was not. <laughs> Willow Creek was great, all was right? Okay. Just because okay. you get bored by people sitting in a tent staring at a camera. Jacob's Ladder was amazing. That was in 2023? That was episode 31, so it might have been not. That's it was 2023. Was it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> oh, God. 2024. This is going to be the year. <laughs> 2024 is going to be the year. But before we get into this, gentlemen. I'm going to finally get a bad one. What's a Jalo film? A Jalo film is an Italian movie that... Uh, it's like a, an Italian horror movie. Look how that plays fucking on. fast that dude was ready to answer that question. I know. I'm going to rely on you a lot for this movie because most of these names, I'm I'm just going to sound like pasta. Pasta? <laughs> I, got, I think I got, I'm going to get one name right. But tonight, we are covering 
2012's Barbarian Sound Studio. Sound Studio. Bernstein Bears. Correct. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this one's kind of a surprise. I wasn't on the show last week, so didn't really know what was coming. I picked this That's off a the theme recently. <laughs> yeah, I picked this one off the movie list, and uh, I gave it a go. And was this one? All right. I felt like you had this one in the holster for a while. I have. I wrote that big, long movie list, and I think I've hit it three or four times, but I've just kind of been like, ah, it's not time. And I really like that you picked that now because after last movie one where it goes into like the changing of what film actually is, this is more going into like the sound and the quality of all that. Yeah, and a big thing about this movie is – and with Jalo films in general in the late 60s or early 70s, Foley was a huge thing. And if you don't know what Foley is, Foley is post-recording of audio. They would shoot the film silently, and then they would post-record all the words, all the sounds. And basically, that's what this film is. It's the people in the sound studio recording the sound. And it sounds boring as hell. But if you have, a, if you have an imagination, this movie is right up your alley, starring the wonderful and charming Toby Jones – the wonderfully weirdly casted Toby Jones. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then as Gilderoy there. It Gilderoy and Antonio Machino as uh help me out there, Justin. Giancarlo Santini. If you don't know Toby, he Santini. is Zola from <laughs> Captain America. Yeah. And then Cosmo Costco. Cosimo Cos- Fusco. Yeah. Oh man, this is bad. I, it, <laughs> it's gonna be rough. So, uh, Cosimo Fusco as Francesco Coraggio, uh, Susano Capalaro, Veronica. There's a few that names Veronica Vaughn. That Veronica Vaughn. Yeah. Von Hartley. Those are some of the main ones. Guido Dorney as Lorenzo. Entire- I, pretty, he, was, he was an interesting character. Pretty small cast. Yes. Because it takes place in really three locations. Yes. It never leaves the studio. It's like you're in the studio and, and part of certain other things – it could be or it couldn't be the studio as well. So there's like a, a hotel room, if yeah. you will, and a hallway. I mean, that's still part of the studio, though. Right. But the majority, I would say 90% of the film is in a centralized location yeah. behind a sound booth. Right. And if you've ever been in a recording studio, you know how cramped and overwhelming it can get. But before we get into our thoughts and our prayers on the movie. Prayers. <laughs> let's go ahead and, and give our thoughts on it before – it, this this movie got a, a Metacritic score of an 86 hmm. and then a 6.2 rating on IMDb. John, what do you give it? So it's got an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is fresh from the critics, not so fresh from the viewers at 53. So I knew that coming in. So, Lonnie, what I like about you. I love it when <laughs> See, they start this is like what this. I, said. I love does. it when they start like this. He doesn't do movies. He does projects. This and I love is, that. No, See, I like that you've brought me into this because I feel like all four of us when Jeremy's here and even Brian adds a certain spice that Brian? none of us yeah Brian sorry all of us have a certain spice none of us bring the same thing to the to the fold I think I think that's what's good about this so you made me read so I automatically hate you put it in your ass I don't give a shit <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Brian's here. <laughs> um, I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to sum it up, but I'm just gonna blurt out what I feel. I'm still confused on what the fuck happened in this movie. Like I don't really know what was going on. 
I don't know the the plot of this basically besides some sleazy Italian people who are shitty to women to make a movie yes. about witches basically is that what it is witches yes. and hot fucking rods going in their vaginas and hot pokers hot pokers yeah. yeah he really wants a sizzle um <laughs> I, <laughs> it's weird too because go ahead finish that I was never bored because I was confused but I never enjoyed it. <laughs> So I'm giving this movie a three. A three. <laughs> that I'm is still rough. confused. And I'm, this is why I'm glad that we're reviewing this because I want to hear you guys talk about it. So I, maybe I can understand it more. I have and a rating, but I don't know if I'm solid on my rating because my idea of the rating or sorry, my idea of the movie, what I took from it, yeah. I think probably rates it higher than what it might actually be. Well, why don't you give us your rating now? We'll talk about it, and then we can revamp your rating at the end. I feel like your rating is going to sway mine. Okay. And I'm, I I want to allow it for this movie. Maybe okay. we should start doing this in 2024. So, so you want me to give mine first? Initial I'm going reviews. to. I'm going to. It's better than a five. I'm going to put it at a six. Okay. For me. Because I was able to pull something out of it that I don't. I read so many undertones with this. Yeah. And I don't know if I think for the average viewer or for a Jeremy, you got nothing out of it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I got nothing out of this. So go ahead and, and get yours. So, so this movie is something you do not put on at a party. You do not no. put this on to watch for enjoyment. You put this you put movie on. on to go to sleep. You put this movie on when you've had a couple edibles. You put this movie on. When you really want to. And I was going to say that. I go, I wonder what this would be like. Because I have a couple films that my friend lit, watches. And he's like, but I'm like, you're high when you watch these. Like, maybe I need to be that. This is a movie where you need to have your imagination running wild. Because you, every time he, he makes a sound and it focuses on the sound, you have to be able to imagine what's going on. Like when it says she falls and dies on the thing and you just right, hear that audio show you, yeah. going over and over again. It's made for you to interpret in your mind what's going on because your mind is much scarier than anything they could put oh, on the film. Agreed. So that's really the concept of this movie. It's supposed to take place in the late 60s, early 70s. Okay. That's where like the womanizing and the the stuff came from. But I don't know if they portrayed that part too well. I think they focused very much on trying to get the audio and the suspense perfect. And then the actual acting part, they're like, oh, fuck it. We need to See, do this what, really well. Yeah. I, the thing I'm surprised, John, you didn't mention was the fact that the movie just kind of ends. There's really like that's why I'm confused, and I wanted to be like, okay, I wanted to hear what you guys had to say first it, it, because it, it, I didn't want to be like, did I miss something? No, but apparently it, it, I did. It just <laughs> it just ends because the movie they're making just ends like they they make the movie and it's done. But that's the whole concept of the movie is they're making the movie. They're making Foley for a movie. I was also annoyed that there was a minute and a half of like studio trailer thing like oh, what, yeah. what do they call those things where they the like, show really yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like alright get on with the fucking movie we get it there's 27 and that was probably the most jello part of this except for like maybe two scenes in here right I and mean, the, this it, is not a Jallo movie. This, this is, is a movie about Jallo yeah and if you like Jallo movies you can really kind of let the the sound get into your head and you can picture it a little better if you don't really like Jallo movies you really listen to it and it's like oh they're just making a horror movie I kind of let my imagination run wild when I watched it, but it's such a slow burn. There's so there's so much dead space where your imagination kind of 
runs away from you. I also watched this after a nine-hour shift, so yeah, that's know. hard too. So I would I would give this movie a seven. Justin, did I convince or sway you in any way? I don't know. I feel like there might be one part here. This again is not a movie I would recommend to other people. This is a movie that I would, well to the, your average viewer. This is something if you have an interest in maybe how films are made, you know, folly work. If you have an interest in, you know, Jallos or Jelly, I should say, since that's Jallos. Or if you have a, a interest in like just sound design, music production, and stuff like that, like because I love the whole analog part of this, mm-hmm. that actually maximized something, and I'll probably get into that a little bit later, but. You know, Toby Jones is he's a pretty good actor. I do like him in a lot of the stuff and I also hate him in a lot of the stuff and that makes him that good, you know. Right. But I think he was horribly cast in this, though. I don't know. I feel like it helps because this kind of goes into the derangement. And my idea with this is him. I feel like he his mind, he went to a decline and became the killer. This is a movie where art imitates life. Exactly. He's making so much that the movie ends up becoming him. And once he does, I'm also writing on another parallel where maybe it's like a a mental snap where he ends up being a killer. Yeah. Because what he is filming – or sorry, what he is scoring – That's what I was waiting for at the end, for him to like murder somebody. Or yeah. Something. I feel like a lot of that stuff in the undertones, in the symbology, the symbolism of the things that were kind of handed, you know, the stuff with his mom, the stuff with the birds, mm-hmm. the stuff with the shed out back, which is his – What happened to those birds? They got killed. By – Magpies? They, they magpies. Unalived magpies. by mad magpies. 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 Not with She wasn't magpies. for certain though. Could have been. But I think the, nothing is for certain in the I would have rather seen that in the movie than <laughs> I think that's also an overtone or undertone or whatever. I think it's supposed to mean something else because I mean birds are symbols of like freedom or you know, all this other stuff. Um I have more on that when I get into it. Weird. I don't know that my, my score is going to vary too much from the six, but because I like I mean Fuck it. I'm six. <laughs> <laughs> Plain and six. So it's about where I thought it would be. So it has a VPT a, rating of five. Of, five, uh, five, five and a half. Yeah. yeah. So getting Starting into. Starting off 2024 strong. Five and a half. Now, we did bring this up that you might change your thing and I might change mine too. Should we do this in 2024? Start a rating, then at the end, maybe re-rate it and see yeah. if we understand it more? We yeah. could try it and see how it works. If not, then we could just forget it and that it ever happens. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> All so, right, let's get into it because I want to – I'm curious what you guys have to say. So this please. movie, the most important thing about this movie, opening night, this movie grossed – Eight bucks. $6,600. <laughs> almost. $6,600. <laughs> That is U.S. U.S. Okay. Yeah, sixty six hundred dollars. Did this do well in Italy? It it grossed like three hundred thousand worldwide. worldwide. There's more that. of an audience Ever. in Italy. Due well, to... they, they don't have to read the fucking caption. Uh, well, in the movie itself, wasn't even made in Italy. It was yeah, made in the U.K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three hundred twelve thousand. No, it's not gross worldwide. You're fucking, fucking Shawnee. <laughs> Caramello. Is it that receptionist is so hot though? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So she was it her name? Poopaloo? Poopaloo. Yeah. Elena exactly. Or something like Poopaloo. That? Her yeah. name was like Elena or something. Tanya Satrapulu. Oh, her real name? So Tirapulu. She's she's Greek, so she has that <laughs> there's a few people who are not Italian oh, in this. That, is that just their excuse? I'm assuming Fatma Muhammad is a like Iranian or something like that, and Tanya is Greek, and then Toby Jones is English, but everybody else is Italian. Yeah, Veronica Vaughn. So, a little bit about the director, 
the director write about this movie, uh, Peter Strickland, shit. has really done nothing else. He's done a lot of movies similar to this. Yeah, I saw um, that. And that reminds me of the because his really name it. sounds familiar. That's why I looked him up, and I was like, I don't know. Yeah, he hasn't really shit. done anything besides stuff like this. But this movie was actually based on a short he did back in two thousand five, a minute long short about making audio for a B movie, and then apparently he liked it enough to green light this making is, a full feature. She was in. This is definitely an art film. So yeah, and I feel like I mean the intentions of certain things are oh right yeah. missed. So by me, yeah, John didn't understand much of the ending. What is your understanding of like, like I said, I was on a nine hour shift. So that's why Um, I'm also curious. So my understanding of the ending is sober. Were you sober? Yeah, I was sober when I watched this. I got a new Delta 10 pen. I need to maybe rewatch it with that. (laughs) So my interpretation of the ending, like I said, the movie's slow and you get, but you get Mm -hmm. ramped up moments of Mm -hmm. imagination and using your parts. And when those happen, it's intense. So you go from these peaks and valleys of emotion, and when you get to the end, you're kind of on a peak, and then it drops out to balance, and you're on that verge of it's going to peak. Like you think it's going to peak again at the end, and it doesn't. It just kind of blue balls you. Yes, it does. So I thought I missed something. I rewound it. Right. And I was like, wait. And then, then it pops up with the traditional barbarian sound studio. Like you're like, right. the fuck? So – I think the ending's, the ending's very ambiguous to the plot of the movie, mm-hmm. but then then again, like you want something. You've you've been you've had your imagination going this whole time that something's going to happen with Toby Jones, and like it's all a big setup for something because this is described as a horror movie, You're right? Or thriller, a thriller horror movie Psycho- drama, thriller for sure. Yeah. So you're expecting something to happen, and when it doesn't, you realize that you've just been mentally fucked with for an hour and thirty minutes. Honestly, I really liked. Well, really uh, because of it's in filmed in Italian or in Italy, I like the whole juxtaposition of that because Italian is a like, very expressive language. Yeah. Like you use certain like there's so much music in the in the language itself. Mm-hmm. There's the hand gestures. There's not just the voice. There's the rounding of certain syllables and it's like you you can kind of understand what somebody is trying to get by and I'm doing it myself right now. So. Yes, you are. <laughs> but, but, see his fingers. But like the language itself is so romantic and so out there exfoliating is the wrong word. But yeah, and like him himself, Gilderoy no, from Dorking, England, South England there. For like what? he is one of the guys who's from, you no, know, they're more manners and etiquette yeah. and like straight stiff. And so it's like not only just the the cultural impact on him, like taking him out of his element, it, it adds to it, I think right. so. And it's a very raucous environment as well in the studio. There's, cool. It's not just people sitting behind, you know, the board and doing audio. There's – I would Guys see him as like an a fish tank assistant. Well, not yeah. even that. Like the the assistant or whatever, the showrunner bringing random women in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's chaos. It's, I didn't get his position, Lorenzo's position for a while. Base, yeah, yeah, he's basically like his, like said, assistant showrunner. And just the cast. Bringing you know, the whore in. Two that <laughs> So and so basically, whatever. So the movie starts. Toby Jones gets off a plane, comes to the studio, meets the beautiful receptionist who Elena. instantly shits on him. Well, she no. doesn't speak. She doesn't speak for that first one. Oh, she, she just does. kind she of like says, rolls no. Her. She goes yeah. no, and then she speaks perfect English, perfect telling him English, where to go. Yeah. 
You go to Studio Four. Yeah, Toby what... Jones has like a suitcase in his hand, as though he's taking right. a trip. It's his luggage. He's bringing things with him. He hears like a blood curling scream down the hallway, right? Or an orgasm. That too. Yeah, because that was a hot apparently poker. that's not the same sound. Jalo. Um, the same to me. Director guys, you must be dick. You must be doing it wrong. Um. Anyway, uh, no, that's what he said. Yeah, he's like, I don't. I want to fear. I don't want a fake orgasm. Is what he said. Right. And then you meet you meet That's Antonio Mancelli, the I really want pasta now, actually. <laughs> you meet them, you meet that relationship, and then instantly there's a tension when it comes to financing. That yeah, seems well, to be an over an overarching theme of the whole thing is financing. Kind of. It's I think it kind of begs more onto like the foreign entity, if that's a word itself. Like nope. Because he can't quite get the communication across that he's trying to get his ticket comped, but right. it seems as though people are kind of toying with him. And, and I think I, that's also helps to push him over the top because he's so proper. He's, he's apologizing about certain things. Right. And then after a while, he's like, you know, fuck this shit. Like, you guys are toying with me. He's not at home. He's not in some place that he's familiar with. Yeah, they were with. just so mean to him. And they're right. he knows his way around a sound studio, yes. but they're still giving him shit about that. Like, don't touch. Yeah, don't switch right. the cords yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, right. Fuck that guy. And, and I think that's that why makes me why you expect as an American audience that he's going to go crazy. He's going to freak sure. out and kill people. And yeah. like they bait you in to the red herring that right. he's going to go crazy. The movie's about him. And that's where your imagination kicks in. Like you're in overdrive this whole time trying to predict the movie. When it's just so simple and so, so written right in front of your face, yeah. literally nothing. So, like starting off when he makes that down the hallway, like just the textures of the sound already, mm -hmm. you can hear like the grip of certain things, yeah. the sounds, the the echoing of the footsteps. Excuse me. Do you speak? No. The detail that it puts in for the audience, and I think some people try to say, like, the only way to watch this is in a theater to no. get the full exposure. It's like, mm, if you are open-minded enough, I think you can enjoy this. <laughs> I have, well, my monitor's a little bit big, but <laughs> a lot of it big. He's compensating. Yes. But, yeah. That's um, a fucking huge monitor. Shut up. <laughs> it's, it's a wraparound. Yeah, You're a wraparound. people can't see this. Yeah, shit, like a wraparound fun. porch. But the first <laughs> person Honestly, that he meets, dude. obviously, is Elena, and then he Elena goes handbasket. <laughs> he goes down to Studio Four. You see, like the red flashing light about you know, like it's recording and things are in yeah. session. To me, I took this as a warning already. He sees that, and then he walks in. It's like you see the warning, and then if you go beyond that door, it's it's kind of like a point of no return. Yeah. It's like you are already engaging in this twist right it's like the entrance the hell the abandoned hope ye who all enter here right. and, and francesco there is he kind of makes a, a note i think it was francesco says something like a new world of sound awaits you right and i think it is the sound which is the epitome the source the seed that which twists things in his brain right now, uh, francesco caraggio is played by cosimo fusco which you I know even, him. i don't even think you're saying words at this point <laughs> You remember, <laughs> you know, Frankie Cusco? Cosimo Fusco. You remember him, right? What are you saying to me? Do you know what the word crap weasel is? <laughs> yes. He is the guy who played Paolo in, in Friends. Yeah. He was the one in the, the yes. blackout. Yes. Yes. Who, who was making up Italian in that whole episode. Oh, he wasn't? It was yeah. No. 
He was like, he, well, he was ad libbing. Yeah, but, but he was like just making up yeah. random shit as he was. He's saying. like, oh, look at the moon, look at the stars, look at the. <laughs> guarda la luna, guarda le stelle, guarda tutte le cose belle. You do know a little English. Oh, Lito. Yeah. Do you, uh, mm, do you know the word crap weasel? Yeah. No? That's funny, because you are a huge crap weasel. <laughs> I mean, I, I need, I do want to translate on that, but it's like, was it? Guarda la stare, guarda la luna. So, no comprende. <laughs> so you're hearing this audio of them chopping lettuce and chopping watermelon getting the the sounds of i really wanted watermelon after that scene if right I'm honest. same the, with the, the awkward sound tech just holding the watermelon out to him no facial i almost expression. brought us watermelon but no, i totally forgot no facial expression no nothing traffic piss look i can't remember what the comedian is he looks like but he looked very canadian just holding <laughs> it out oh um, that, okay and you you so the guy who always wore the hat yeah Fuck, what is this? He's in like a couple. It's like hardly something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But anyway, he. But so you kind of get the idea that this movie is going to be predominantly sound oriented. And then when you really get the pushover is. The title helps too. Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's like going to Macaroni Grill and realizing they have more than macaroni. They do? What's the What? I've never been to. Is that a real place? I have no idea. I think he was just making shit up. Oh. But Francesco, oh boys, I got, meet, I got excited when you meet Francesco. Like this he for the next podcast. sort of has a way about him that can kind of be a bit confusing, and you it's like it's alarming at the same time and easing. Like I, I think it's more like the body gestures or the movements or something like that. Like he seems to challenge Gildoy, and his words are they seem like they are meant to be kind. Like, what was your first impressions on... He, he very like, condescending, yeah. Super condescending. Very condescending, very, this is my ship, but you can feel like you're in the lead. We're bringing you here because you're the best, but you're you're not as good as me. A new world of sound awaits here. A new world that requires all your magic powers. Mr. Santini. He'll see you when he has time. Everything is ready. It's all for you, Gilderoy. D120. Is that the first thing you say when you greet someone? Francesco, sono not a pazzo. Devi finire la scena. Dai, crederò meglio, sto Vabbè, vai, 15 minuti, veloce. Eh? Giovanni, ferma la musica. Now, how about a proper greeting? Huh? What's wrong with you, English? You don't believe in handshakes? No hugs, no kisses? Here. <laughs> that wasn't so painful, huh? I don't know. Like I said, I think Toby Jones was a terrible cast for this. Agree. Like he wasn't limey enough to be limey. He wasn't. He wasn't limey enough to look scared or Weasley. He wasn't. Limey. He didn't have like the I'm going crazy enough to me to really sell the fact that he was losing his mind. He's a great actor. Don't get me wrong, but I just think he was a little miscast for this. I thought the rest of the cast was fantastic, but I think that that role could have been. A little bit of better executed, but some of the like it really ramps up when you get the first image of the witch in the sound booth.
And that's when you really start to get to use your imagination, where it's just basically your POV of the witch in the sound booth and her screaming a deep scream. And it doesn't cut away. There's no theatrics. There's no nothing. It's just your POV of a woman in a sound booth screaming with effects. Rubina 1, scena 18, ripresa 1. Inconsapevolmente una maledizione viene lanciata e la prima strega si solleva dal mucchio di cadaveri con una sete di vendetta. revenge now that they rise they'll do exactly to others what was done to them opens up your mind. I think that's the first indication of... I feel like that was before that. I think the folly... Well, I think the red light was one of the first things. The warning. And I think when he starts going to the folly and then he hands, he offers the fruit. Oh, yeah? I feel the like... Fruit of his labor? I've, well, fruit if you want of to, his loins. Not though. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but he offers the fruit. It's kind of like, like, like tasting the insights, tasting the Ooh. seeds of something. Well, but, but there's... Not only that. Sorry. To, no. But the breakdown, I loved the notes, the charts and graphs. That's something that kind of fascinates that, me. I did enjoy it. And that, that's another good help, yeah, it's like helping you build your own imagination because when they would play the audio sound, they would focus on that, like right. the woman falling. There's these scribblings of the intricate writings right. and all that. Like you see the graphed levels of tracks and mm -hmm. I love learning about people's processes. And yeah. that's one thing is like when I look at it, it's like, oh, it's a schematic. I can kind of follow it. It's like if I am aware of something how, or how to piece something out here, this is something foreign to me. I've never seen it, but just a glance, I'm like, oh, okay, this is – okay, I got it. Yeah. This movie definitely isn't Step Brothers. Like you definitely have to have an imagination God, to enjoy this movie. Uh, what about Teresa's song, The Creepy Italian Whispers? The, yeah. It's fucking creepy as fuck. Yeah, there's so much great – there's so much unease in this movie that ruined by the pacing – that just like you get so built up and then it's like, oh, ho, now you get to watch some asshole Ooh. treat a woman like shit for the next 15 that, minutes. Yeah, yeah and I think that adds – I say that every time. But and, I think the uncomfortability adds to the experience itself. Right. You're talking about like Lorenzo when he's finally introduced, bringing in some chocolate yeah. to the group. Well, the, and the problem is though it's made to portray the giallo genre in the late 60s, early 70s. And it's great to an extent, but I don't think they really understood how that genre was. Like, I wish I could say it was more professional, but I think it was either very calm, like very professional or so much worse. Like, I feel it was almost like a porn set on some of the Jalo films. Dude. Nice. 
I could see that too. Mainly That's because of the people itself. Was it's like when he's looking outside of the screen, inside of the the sound area, yeah. outside of the booth, and he's seeing how Santini and even Guido, that's not his name, Lorenzo, <laughs> that's his real name. Don't Lorenzo is pretty much macking on these chicks and stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Later, she actually says that she just feels like a whore to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he already feels foreign. Like he's seeing people communicate and he has no idea what people are saying. Right. It's just he knows that Santini hands selected him because Santini sees him as like the best in the business. Right. Yeah. Or cheapest. And he's not privy or comfortable or experienced to work on a horror film, which is corrected later because Santini tells him, like, this isn't a horror film. This is life. This is this a is, masterpiece. This is the human human experience. Yeah. yeah. What's going on? Just another scene where Veronica can I use her imagination on. Speaking of scenes, I was going to ask you what about the film. Hey, what do you mean? Like, just to know a bit about what happens. No, Santini's uh, it's okay, this. it's okay, Francesco. This is a very specific vision. But you must help me, Gilderoy. It's something I want you to respect. It's not that, it's just... I've never worked on a horror film before. Horror film? This is not a horror film. This is not a horror film. This is a Santini film. True. Santini film is violence, I know. But questa è la vita. This is the life. This is part of the human condition. Please, please, Gildroy. Don't call my film horror again. Slip the tongue. Don't worry, it's okay. I don't know, the girls don't seem to think that way. Yeah. Girls are human experiences too. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't. Never mind. Consentment <laughs> should also be. So would yeah. you, Justin, would you consider Claudia almost like the love interest of the movie then? No. Okay. I mean, I can see how you would think love interest. I've put these characters as personal emotions of Gilderoy's. Okay. Hmm. And I'll explain that later. Mm. You're questionable mm. right now. We'll just run things through and I'll, yeah. I'm questionable? You're questioning things about me? Sure. Are you? Is that a question? <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to understand your thought process. But yeah, then we're introduced to the declining <laughs> mental status of, like I said, Claudia. She's like losing. Yeah. She loses her mind pretty easy. That's yeah. where you kind of start getting the descent of. Well, she's losing her voice too. It's like something right. that is. I need some water. Yeah. I consider <laughs> Claudia doubt. She doubt. is the doubt. It's like it's something that kind of is supposed to echo in your mind when something feels wrong. Right. And mm-hmm. she's losing her voice to even speak. Like Francesco tells him, it's like bicker on your own time. Like you're here to do a job. Right. Yeah. Do that. So, so if you consider her doubt, would you consider Francesco like – would you consider him like pride? I would consider him like logic and reason or something. Fran- or logic. Francesco? Yes. He's logic. He's something who has something. He can point from A to B and he's just trying to get the job done. Whereas I see Santini as reason, and you can have corrupt reason. Okay. So Francesco is working underneath Santini, even though his reasoning is bad. The logic is still connecting. The doubt is not speaking up. You know, she ends up losing her voice. Right. So, would you consider? Would you consider Lorenzo? Because I would consider him more chaos than I would consider Lorenzo chaos in this situation. I consider him more like the instinct or so. It's like he just does mm. what what is. Yeah. It's like he is 
uses his sexual nature. He uses his lust for like the chocolate or whatever. Like he's more gluttonous, you know, like he's just doing what it is. Not necessarily natural, but just natural. So would you Instinct. So would you describe Elena then as temptation? She's a different part. There's certain psychological I'm trying to figure out here, Haas, and you're not doing me any favors. <laughs> well well uh <laughs> You're just confused the whole time. Just let it roll. I, yeah. Guys, I, we'll right. we'll roll this in, in in order. I have it broken down in a certain way. Anyway, okay. so he leads the booze, he sells the you know, to try to fix the mic, he comes back, you know, meanwhile. Teresa and Jesus. Monica are bickering, talking crap about the project. What is it? The Malleus Maleficarum. It translated as Hammer of Witches. Hammer of the Witches, yeah. yeah. So it's- thus far, Gilderoy has seen the film. We, as the audience, have not. It is his job to arrange the sound design around this. Although he is, knows nothing about the film, let alone the language, he's able to decipher a tincture of Latin, though. So he knows – I mean I, I assume he has some sort of religious background to understand like the Malleus Maleficarum or Ma- – I feel like you're just saying Harry Potter spells. I am. It's pretty basic. I'm pretty sure that is. <laughs> That's another awesome thing about this movie too. You never see a single shot. I never, I never see a single scene of the actual movie until like it, the end, no, which is part of him though wrestling with someone. Well, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we don't see the movie until his downfall or a spiral, yeah. or whatever starts to happen, where he starts Descent. becoming part of the movie. Right. Where it's like. You see him in the movie, and now you also see him speak in Italian. So it's like art is now in imitating That really life. confused me. Right. And you don't know if that's just in his own head right. or I if that's like, a reality is- factor or – but through the whole entire movie, you're having to use your imagination because they they very coyly I've been watching too much in. Marvel because I thought this was like a multiverse thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, back at the sound booth, he's putting things together, listening back to his own recording. So we see something – he takes one of those little Mattel – discs whatever or tapes and it's all indexed he he's very intricate on how he labels things he's very organized yeah at least this is supposed to seem like his mind is you know has some sort of structure a lot of things revert back to like his mom you see his mom's footsteps mm-hmm. a few other sounds i guess with his mom huh. then he like reads the letter from his mother and yeah there's the birds outside the chiff chaffs the letters provide a sense of home familiarity he takes comfort in receiving news from his mother also noted in the letter that she received news from another of his projects that there are too many bells. So that's the negative connotation of bells and dreams can symbolize one need to pay attention. Warnings about impending danger, a transformation even. To add, dreaming of a shed gives feelings of isolation, abandonment, or overwhelmingness. Birds nested in the isolation fosters anxieties and worries. So this is the things that are kind of going on in his head as he is taking space in the Barbarian sound studio. Anima di Cristo, santificami. Corpo di Cristo, salvami. Sangue di Cristo, inebrimi. Another movie that has a great example of bells being used to be ominous is The Exorcist. Yes. When Father Karras is running to his mother, they cut audio completely and they just have the bells ringing. It's a good observation. I like how – all right, so Francesco comes back and he pulls the pen out of his hand. No time for love letters, Gilroy. Help Silvia with a mic. So saying there's no time for love letters because he's trying to write back to his mom and he's being a crap weasel right here. (laughs) A huge crap weasel. 
I think the gesture here kind of speaks volumes too because him removing the pen is also kind of like taking his voice away or taking his own hand away. Like he has no action in this or, or decision. Right. Yeah, it's this sort of – if I again, if I'm considering Francesco as a logic, he is cutting things down straight off. You know, like, nope, we don't do that now. Right. Almost oppressing him. And there's many things so far that add up to the anxiety and frustrations of Gilderoy. Like he's gone back, I want to say at this point, like twice now asking for the compensation mm -hmm. of the flight. I didn't really understand first. I'm like, what? Did he just get peanuts or whatever? Or I was like, oh, it's the whole plane. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to. So it's like he doesn't have trip. that security of right. finances. He doesn't know when his he's going to get paid or even if he's going to get paid. Right. right. And, and that's something you don't. And it's addressed by some of the actresses as well about not getting paid. And yeah, it's a financial right. burden, like I guess, for him. If we ever get paid. And then he is away from home, so he doesn't have that comfort of home. He just has like the sounds and stuff that sort of help him guide along. Another really important thing I like about Jalo films that this non-Jalo film hinted in was the black glove. The like. black glove, yeah. yeah. So fuck, what was Very important of the black glove. It's like he's the one who's kind of controlling or, or triggering the things to happen on screen, the projection, the projectionist. You hear him by name, but you only see his glove. You don't see who he is. So Francesco makes a remark that one of the girls can't even scream in Italian while the other woman is her guy. Oh, Fabio. That's his name. Guido. Fabio. Sorry. Lorenzo is the other. Fabio is that guy. Mm -hmm. Salvatore Lee mm -hmm. Quosi. He makes an excuse for her saying, says, go give her a glass of water. And as he leaves, he's like, like and spit in it. it. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's mean. Yeah. At home or in his apartment. He tries to add to the piece by creating some sort of folly work using like some spaghetti sauce and a blender and begins to. <laughs> was that spaghetti sauce? I don't know what it was. I think for like me. Ketchup, but, it, it, but Europe doesn't know what ketchup is. So. Cats catsup. Up. Yeah. That's not. No, yeah. it's gross. <laughs> they, you have to buy the ketchup packets too. It's <coughs> like, can I get a catch, you know, some ketchup packets? And they give you one. They're like, you know, cheap ass. 50, that'll be 50 euro or lira in this since since it was in the 80s or whatever oh yeah Ooh. yeah so he attempts this chainsaw effect with the tomato soup or something mm. getting the tomato soup on him like has, all over he has like his face his shirt like. It, like he didn't put the lid on and i imagine if you have your equipment there you would probably try to keep things a little bit safe or so what a oh, dork. i always wrap my equipment such a dork since he's from dorking <laughs> oh dork. i get what you huh. did there huh. Huh. This was a, also Fucking a um, interesting <laughs> scene for me. During this little folly work, he looks into the mirror and he sees oh. the tomato soup on him. And like that gives me the the sinister look like he's changing now. Right. Like he sees the what we would assume is like blood or something like that. At least that's a look it, it gives. He notices a spider on the edge of the mirror. Mirrors can be metaphors for truth or a need spider. of self-reflection and introspection. And spiders can incite meaning of being trapped, tricked and snared. I think oh, it is. I feel like at this point, it's he who is fooling himself. Right. So he has like a refusal or a disconnect to see the truth. Spiders are also creative creatures like himself. He is an artist spinning spools of tape. I'm slightly confused where this story might go at this point. At that point? Yes. <laughs> this is my little note I, mean, I was making as I was writing. Because like he opens the window and releases the spider. Is he releasing the artist? Is he... Is he art imitating life? Windows are objects. No, you release the spider to catch the fly. To ca That the grandma swallows to... Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. She swallowed oh. the fly. I think just that... I guess that she'll die. Letting... <laughs> 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 I 
I think just letting go of that spider right there. It. I feel like it was opening a door or window or something like that that is starting to shift in him. Like he's already getting that frustration. It's like when you have high anxieties and you can no longer control yourself or hold yourself back, there's no telling exactly what you're going to do at that point. Yeah. So we never see the projectionist. So that was another note I made. I think that kind of, yeah, are what is actually being projected. I assume that we actually do not see what Gilderoy sees. He works inside the booth, turning knobs and levers like the inner workings of one's brain. We see inside of his brain during a fine process of disconnecting, a coaxing into his own snap where he begins to believe. So the more he adds or contributes to the film, I think is him unwinding everything as he's building his new persona, his snap. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then what's her name? Comes in and takes revenge on the witch. The witch's revenge. Yeah. The, the new chick who came in and started screaming or whatever, we get to nearly see her burst a blood vessel in her eye. It's like it gets so close to her eye and you see like the blisters in her eye. Vessels, I should say. I'm like, that eyeball is going to pop out. Which is something That's icky. Which is something that doesn't get nearly addressed in horror nowadays. Like a good scream queen is hard to find. Yeah, and then she goes even further with it with all the extra of the <laughs> noises. Yeah. And since I'm a very big fan of Mike Patton, I love that. <laughs> so I'm like, right on. All right. After her is when we are finally introduced to Santini, arrived in the studio, led by a dog. The man who hired him for the project, Giancarlo Santini. Santini is ebullient of Gilderoy's presence. Ask him if he likes the studio, says it's good and that it's bigger than his, which is a shed. It only fits two at a time. So now there's more things that are kind of that he has to process or whatever. Then one of the screaming girls comes in, Francesco, after scolding Gilderoy about his comment about the Mallard high pass filter to have manners. Questa si, questa si che un uomo. Let me feel this man, this beautiful, crazy man. Oh, Gilderoy, this is a very special day for me. Beautiful and a big collaboration begins. So, your studio? Yes, it's all right. Bigger than your studio? Gidoro's studio is just a garden shed. Only two in at a time. The mixing room here is very special. Well, the uh, the mallard needs a service, but otherwise... What needs servicing? The mallard high-pass filter. Really? No, when you meet someone for the first time, just try and discuss only positive things. It's good manners. This is another thing. There's certain components that are inside the studio that are starting to break down. The high pass filter is breaking. There's certain it's I'm thinking it's mental components. There's something that is not filtering certain things in his brain that it's going to allow that reason and logic to reconnect certain other things. Okay. So it's a, a deterioration, mental deterioration. Santini continues with her on the criticism of to scream with intensity to reach the other side. Meaning that there is a specific sound they are wanting to hit. Currently, they have a problem with the high-pass filter or that it needs serviced. High-pass filter is a filter that allows the high frequencies to go through and cut low frequencies under a certain threshold. In sound, frequencies are how fast something vibrates. High frequencies vibrate so much faster than low ones. So specifically for this job, 
maybe the particular filter isn't helping reach the desired tone or allow it to pass due to faulty hardware. But if I am to equate to a psychological sense, maybe the filter is a mental synapse that filters high vibrations, in this case, tensions. I thought this comment was also reverting back to like his mother, where Francesco, yes, was kind Francisco. of. Yeah, when he was trying to warn Gilderoy about Sylvia shaping her reverberated voice, he's like, be careful with that girl. There's poison in those tits of hers. They told me what kind of films you normally do. Gortrange is Gortrange, whatever the film is. You never stop to ask Santini or Francesco why they hired you. It doesn't make you curious. See you, Gilroy. Be careful with that girl. There's poison in those tits of hers. And I was poison thinking in all their tits. I was thinking of like, you know, like mother's milk, you know, it's yeah. maybe something that to do with his mom. I think if I'm just to give away what my takeaway of the movie itself is, I think he killed his mom. That's maybe. Yeah. That's deep. I think so. It's not way it's too hard escalated about quickly. <laughs> so that to, hard about this one. Yeah. To me. Francesco comes off as a strain of logic that remains in the booth to try to keep everything on board, to keep things running. Sylvia is the distracting voice or the doubt. The next scene, the voice persists on the player as he goes to sit down back towards the mirror with these red lampshades. Red can be lust or even warning. Turning his back towards the mirror is a refusal of reflection. One of the other lamps is casting deeper in the mirror like it's a deeper warning. And he is not seen anywhere in the reflection. Sitting in the chair, it shows he's getting comfortable with being oblivious of losing himself. The poison in those tits seem to tell me they're sending something motherly. I know. I wanted to see those tits. I'm assuming also probably like a defective inheritance, like maybe a gene that he received from his mom that sort of like synapsed him or something or turn him, turn him off. See, and you guys at home can watch this movie and pick your own idea of what's going on. Because that's why they made this movie, is to make you use your imagination. You guys at the core Ooh. should watch this movie. Watch a bunch of crazy white people. The, the power out. Go! So in around these times, in these little areas, they to conserve power, they have to cut power. They have to have power cuts. Um, this is sort of the, like the flip-flop of things. So Massimo and Massimo, those are the prop guys. They're ill and out for the day. So it's kind of up to Gilderoy to take over for the props. The power outing, which is much like the machine not getting any power, such as the high-pass filter not working, it can sort of taint things, confuse things. These props are being confused as a banquet for the – or the banquet, banquet, banquet. Banquet? banquet? As a banquet. That's dinner. what you were trying to say. Dinner. Yes. For the others You just fucking present. say dinner. Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they're waiting to eat Ban- the props. Banquet. Ban- which, banquet. Yeah, it's supposed to be food, but still. And it – in a display, Gilderoy is ushered to demonstrate how a light bulb can become a convincing UFO, which amazes the others. This active confusion, which masks the inactive confusion, mental degrading, convincing yourself that what is horror is only human nature, 
His face shows an emptiness as he scores the light bulb across the wire. Like, the way that he was doing that, like, he was so lost in it. But, like, yeah, it's the alt the sound that altered something. It was the late 60s. They were amused by a lot of things that were dumb as fuck. Fantastic. Grunts and they didn't see Batman. They, they, <laughs> they didn't have a lot of entertainment, so rubbing a light bulb on a string was probably pretty exciting. Sounds it, hot, dude. Yeah, Santini. I do the same thing. The name Santini means little saint, and saints are the ones who <laughs> Santino honor Santino Morella. Yes. Santini. They honor the Teeny beliefs of tiny. someone who's passed away. It could also mean loving change, enthusiasm, you get called reliability. Santini in high school. No. <laughs> yes. I used to be called Justin Teeny Weeny. Justin Malini. Justin Panini. The Teeny Weeny. Mangini. Fabio. Anyway. The other guy, Fabio. He's a character who operates on instinct, not entirely sure what his job is when I was watching it at that point. Just doing what he wants, he asks Gilderoy to make a bat sound, and before he obliges, the power kicks back in, and Francesca leads them back, like the logical side kicking back in. It's like, whoop. Nope, nope, we got to get back to work now. Justin, do your best bat sound. Got to get back to work right now. Okay. <laughs> what is your best bat sound? Where's the drugs? I'm Batman. That was, that was really good. <laughs> Hold it together. Where, Where is the, the drugs? drugs? <laughs> Where is the drugs? Fuck face. Malkovich? <laughs> Donde los drugos? There was a part in the booth with just Francesco and Gilderoy where they're kind of like talking back and forth. And you get to see like these tight shots of Francesco, like just his eye. It was very eye -ish. Very, very. Very eye-ish. Yeah. I love it. That's where he asks again about the reimbursement. <laughs> he said ass. He's like, aren't you doing this for the love of the art? Nope. Like, well, no, fuck. I'm out of here, man. Fuck you. I'm from Britain. This is Italy. Britain. Yeah. You stay here. Last guy to make an order. Would you mind asking if she's had any news? You mean you want your money again? But she said... We said reimbursement. And you think we're not going to give it to you? Yes. I, I, I mean, no. You know, I would appreciate it if you trusted me more. What I admired about you was that you were an artist. That you were doing this with a love. No many calls. We got every day from people who want to come here and work for nothing. Because they love what they do. Money is not their motivation. But I'll put your request in over the others. And I'll ask Elena to talk to the accountant. So the spider crept back None in. None of these girls want to fuck me. I just no. want my money back now. Please give me money. Maybe it's a miscommunication. I don't know. That's a, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, the spider crept back in, and now it seems to be at his work desk. Like, it's taking over part of his work, this new... Well, maybe they should get a bird to eat yeah. the spider to get the spider do to that. Get <laughs> <laughs> we first see the spider on the edge of the mirror, and now it's on the edge of his notes. The trapping has his intercepted notes. his work. <laughs> In the next scene, the spider is on the lettuce, which oh. is a prop for the head. Are confusing. It's also a prop to splash in the water to make yeah. it sound. It's like supposed to water. sound like you're drowning somebody. No, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the one guy but blowing that's what in the cup is. with the straw, and the other guy drowning fucking lettuce heads. <laughs> and then it. It, you see this icky. We need one of those guys on the podcast. You <laughs> see these icky. This is what I do. I have to do it myself <laughs> oh no sure you do so like the food is beginning In to post. mold it's growing rot and all that 
So that's probably also why the Massimos are out sick, just because they're working with all this. Working yeah. with rotten food, yeah. yeah. That could symbolize his mental state, too, is going bad. Yeah. Well, that's a— I can do it, too, the, bitch! I can do it, too! You did it. <laughs> Congratulations. I, you I, did I it. Leveled up. <laughs> I'm a level three wizard now. I think it's more like the internal organs. So it's like I almost played that the other day. The organs that are like your liver. It's responsible for clearing out all the toxins and stuff. Uh, but when your liver shuts that down— that was your kidney. Kidneys, whatever. Fuck you. We're not a doctor. <laughs> I'll go fuck you. But up. like— when that breaks down, Maybe. all of your other organs start to break down. So it's like, break you know, that's down. the, the high-pass filter that's supposed to catch down. certain things. That's what that is. Oh. So Francesca comes in and finally gives him an attaboy, you know, and thinking this is where the logical part of him begins to corrupt. So he's being rewarded for something. It's like, oh, okay, maybe I am doing this right. right. That false sense of they can see his mental state degrading, so they need to throw him a bone. Right. He approaches Elena again about the circuit board, and she still doesn't know anything. I feel like there's Ele- mm. Elena, 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 Elena Handbasket. Yeah, in the sound studio is your subconscious. Outside, you know, is more of a uh, conscious or your psyche. There's yeah, there's other brain levels or whatever. So when he travels down that hallway, that's probably his brain returning to a different level. Of consciousness. Hmm. Fascinating. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll go through this. Elena is a receptionist. Things come in and things go out. Basic information at the front desk. Giggity. If all the production <laughs> happens at the sound booth, that is more of the conscious. He has to take the hallway with the screams, which sort of descends down to the subconscious. Receptionist. Subconscious. Huh? Eh? Eh? <laughs> I said that backwards, but yeah. So, yeah. Would, so would that make Sanini the... Uh, ego right and Francesco the super ego? No. No. I have no idea. Maybe it could be. I, I just still saw him as logic and reason. Mm. But uh, it could be. Yeah. I can see Santini as more more ego since that is going to play a part in like the id. But whatever. Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> now there's an obvious change in his disposition. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Francesco approaches him yet again about the studio space. He was more so apologetic and kind, and now it's as if he can care less what people are saying. Like, Lorenzo's saying you've been messing with his faders. Did you ask if you could do that? No, I just don't know the noise from. I think you're forgetting this is not your studio. Try and be more considerate. He puts his hand on his, you know, cheek and like just looks away like, you know, fuck these people. Like they're not doing anything for me. Mm -hmm. So a recorded voice says, please, Gilderoy, don't let them hurt me as if he is being made into the project. Like you finally hear something that kind of, I guess, pulls more attention. Yeah, a little bit of a descent into madness. Auditory hallucinations. He has an issue performing some of the folly work uh, on the set. Match the screen with the splashing liquid in a pan to simulate the sizzling sound of a red hot poker going into the witch's vagina. Nice. The witch's vagine. Francesco stands beside him, urging him to do his job. Gilderoy has reservations about it as though there's an emotional element that sort of holds him back. It's like, I'm still attached to something and I can't match what is going on here. Oh, something is holding him back. 
After his scolding, he pulls out another note from his mum, talking about the chiff chaffs and that they did get paid for his work called the local perspective. Chirping birds, swelling of comforting music and children's laughter plays as he reads. I liked how they went any sort of idea or, or talk or, or exposure, whatever, of his mom. It, it tries to paint something more lighter. You know, it tries to take him out of it. Like, it makes the audience feel as though he is finding his comfort here. Right. Like she's his lighthouse in a storm. Yes. But, oh, let's talk home for a second. What does the idea of home, like, elicit for you? Like, what do you feel? For me, home is a a stress-relieving, stress-relief comfort. Like, it doesn't necessarily Safe have to be place. a place or an item, just a concept of relief. Right. Okay. I would, I would say the same, like security, safety, comfort, love, um, family, all that. What about payment? What is payment for you? Making or receiving? Both. Whatever. Now payment, that's hard. Let me think for a second. It's like tit for tat for me. Like you, it's a fairness, a reward of fairness. Yeah. Yeah. Or something that is equal value given of for of efforts. Yeah. Like an agreement for an obligation. Yes. It's like so he received a check for his work on local perspectives, meaning he is favored and respected for who he is at home. Now he is confined to a foreign place, a different studio, an external or non-native perspective, mm -hmm. and he has yet to receive the payment. The respect, the fairness, the sense of security or comfort, potentially these are the doings that may drive someone mad. It's like it's it's elevating the anxieties, the madness. Certainty. So we see the Ma Massimos are back, and they are killing more veggies. This is kind of a— Motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, pumpkin seeds are seen on Gilderoy's papers now, possibly meaning the core of himself is being taken over by a corrupt work that otherwise looks simple on the surface. Another attempt to remove the horror from itself to consider it normal. They are trying to normalize horror to make it just human. Horror? Horror. Oh, okay. Yeah. Horror. Sorry, just making sure. Going through all the notes again on the production, one of the charts stood out. Uh, it looked to be a, a grinning evil. The way that they had some of the the stuff, they had certain things highlighted, and to me it looked like a face, like a sinister face. That's what your brain well, If you look at it, it yeah. If you look at it, hold on. We don't have to play. I don't know if you're literally holding on. I was joking. <laughs> kind of going back over one of the notes where I took about like mm -hmm. if Francesco's logic he works for Santini Santini's reason logic and reason work well together such as Santini and Francesco logic operates on what is true it provides reason but logic can still be valid but not sound if reason is wrong soundness is a fact of being in good condition or the quality of having good judgment or the ability to be trusted or the safety of the system Francesco tries to make everything in the booth operate and he does so by way of Santini's word Santini's wrong or trying to, you know, faulty reason. Logic still takes effect one way or another. Feeding of the fruit. There's a part where they have a talk in the booth and he takes a grape. Santini takes a grape and he puts it in his mouth. Wait, wait. I want that discussion. How's everything? Fine. Francesco tells me you are trying to escape. No. Misunderstanding. I thought so. There's no reason to escape. Gilderoy, this is going to be a fantastic film. Brutal and honest. Nobody has seen this horror before. Say that again. 
Let me question you, Gilderoy. When you see these women, do you see Catholic or witch? Do you believe God, Gilderoy? You English, always hiding. How can I get close to you? Is it so hard? Where I come from, we swallow the seeds. You are changed. I feel it. No great shame. I felt this this was more religious in my, you know, kind of like a um the body of Christ, like a yeah a Catholic ritual. Yeah, the Eucharist. Yes. Yeah, okay. We commonly assume the apple is the fruit of knowledge when we think back to like biblical but it's never discerned what fruit it is yeah so i'm assuming like even just the you know and he's like we swallow the seeds so he makes them swallow the seeds yeah make women swallow my seed <laughs> <laughs> Bond. I couldn't even finish that. so we see him walk down the hallway again like the interaction of the conscious relating to the subconscious being that elena is on the pa system called for a santini then the next scene he is asleep, so more conscious or unconscious. I feel like that's kind of like taking him back and forth, whatever. And when you're sleeping, that's when like memories or long-term memories kind of like connect. Right. So I feel like that is also being corrupted in this. Right. We see the window is open, so it's like something is getting in or something is being pulled outwards or something fleeting or whatever. He retreats to the twigs because he is homesick. You know, Sylvia comes out and kind of joins him, mushes about into the sticks. What are you doing? me of home. The power cuts? <laughs> Twigs. <coughs> How are you getting on with Santini? All right. Really? I overheard you trying to get your money back for the flight. If you talk to people like that, you'll never get anywhere in this place. Oh, so being rude? That's exactly it. You should be rude. Nobody pays money here unless they have to. I have asked several times. You don't just ask here. You shake your fists, you shout, you push these pigs until you get them into the corner. <coughs> Be careful with Santini. That baby smile is there for a reason. You don't see that? Dean Kuntz wrote something says, doubt is poison. They already said there's poison in those tits. I think she is doubt. It leads to loss of faith in yourself and all that is good and true. So she's resisted both Santini and Francesco and even Gilderoy to learn her name. So like when he went to go correct his mic, she's like, you know, my name is Sylvia or whatever, you know, like... It's good to learn the names. It's kind of like the microphones and all this. You can always question what I tell you to do when you're being paid to work. Se li vedrò mai questi soldi. Che ha detto? Niente. Are we ready? Yeah, I've uh, replaced Teresa's uh, mic with the uh, nominee, so she'll give it more space. It's Sylvia. 
Teresa is there, Sylvia is here. So many names to remember. Just think of it like your microphones. Each one has a name, and you remember. So it's like he's not recognizing this thing that is talking to her. Yeah. Or at least not by name. She says, be careful with Santini. The baby's smile is there for a reason. And if I was going to go back to like the, the name of Santini, meaning little saints, the baby. He approaches Elena in the reception with the off-putting attitude to call the accounts. It's like he's at his end right now. He's getting pissed off. He's like, put the fucking accounts on the phone. Well, maybe he didn't. I don't know. Did he say fucking? No. He just said put the accounts on the phone. Oi. Give me accounts. Give me that. Pronto. This game's up, old boy. What? No more jumping through hooks. You give me my money. Or I'll... Wait, just stop there, okay? We already checked your ticket and there was no flight from Heathrow. On the He's trying to get his flight reimbursement. Again, the subconscious is the referential part of the brain that is constant contact with the unconscious. The recent memories are not being stored in the subconscious, which disrupts the unconscious, bringing forth fears and traumas. I feel like he's doing this to himself, though. A shot in the booth of the tape coils crossing as he is altering more levers. Things are bleeding into each other. Lines are crossing each other, and he is watching it all. Sounds rush and then halt, all but a sound of a woman crying. Sylvia walks behind him in the doorway, saying her throat is better and wants to scream one more time. My throat's better now. We've moved on to Foley. Can I? Just once more. Which real? Forget the real. I just need to scream. That's all. So it's, it's him allowing this doubt to sort of enter back in. And then she goes back to the room and... She does her scream, but I liked this effect that they did on it. It's like it shows her, and then it just shows the image compounding down into pretty much nothing. Yeah. It's doubt exercising what it does to the extreme as it fades into a smaller and smaller of the image, seemingly closing that part of him until it becomes silence. So doubt is no more here. No more here? I said that bad? Badder? I'm not even going to correct you. <laughs> so another power cut, our necessary component loss, and he is the one to finally light the candle now. So lighting a candle can mean he has built himself back up, or there is a clear change in his attitude. Something else is illuminating him. There's a change now. She tells Gilderoy that she is just a whore to them, how she said no many times. May I help you? He used me. I knew he would. I try my best to do my work, and it's never good enough. It always comes to the same thing. I'm just a whore to them. Nothing more. I said no. I said no so many times. He kept touching me here. I feel so cheap, Kildry. I feel so dirty and cheap. You're familiar with the I think therefore I am? 
I think they're whore I am. Oh. Wow, I didn't say that. <laughs> I did. Rene Descartes, he's kind of the one who's... Who rented a cart? Yes. <laughs> so, he didn't put the horse before it, though. Oh, Nelly. I, I have it. I have it. No, you don't. <laughs> Wrong one. Nope. God damn it. Nope, that's not. What was that, firecracker? There it is. Wow. So, Rene Descartes. Uh, <laughs> thought provokes doubt. Let me let me further this one a little bit more. So logic and reason are closely related concepts, but they are not exactly the same. Logic, hey, oh my. <laughs> logic is a systematic process of reasoning according to strict principles, often used to evaluate arguments. Reason is the mental faculty of making judgments based on logic or facts. Hmm. Logic is a tool used with the broader capacity for reason. Logic and reason being Francesco and Santini. Now with Sylvia, doubt is the state of being uncertain or skeptical. The relationship between doubt and logic and reason depends on the context and purpose. Doubt can be a hindrance to logic and reason when motivated by bias or emotion or even irrational. Sylvia has suffered under Francesco and Santini and probably even Fabio. So it's like that part of him has been abused, that that doubt. So it's like it's it's gone. She promises the exact her revenge on Santini, you know, because of the molestation, comes in and pretty much destroys the equestrian vortex, right. which is the movie that they're well. Yeah. When Gilderoy checks the tape, it's been wiped and recorded over. A new narrative exists, probably all due to not looking in the mirror, to not self-reflecting. Turn it off. Turn it Yeah, I don't know how to say it. I forget it. Maleficarum. Thank you. See, these just sound like Harry Potter spells. They are. Oh. Maleficarum. So the story follows to them to cast a new girl. Francesco tries to stay professional by selecting the right girl, where it seems Santini is still trying to sway some Very interest. interesting way to cast for audio, yes. doing visual. Yeah, yeah. they're like, right. hey, let's get side shots, let's get, Need you know, to see that dirt bags. Need to see profile. that butt. Let's see that butt. Like, you want to get this? <laughs> you want to do like, Santini being the logical one is like, no, we're not also, doing I that. Also, I take all you know? of them. Hold on. I got to see. Hey, open your mouth. But if you look see back, them teeth. This spread is, your lips. This is what I did like not about- those. <laughs> This is what I did like about Gilmore's acting. Kiss. It's like he looks so demented, you know, and like he's watching them cast. That's just his face. And he's, well, yes, <laughs> this is true too. But he's wrapping. He's like a little troll of a man. It's like he's wrapping an XLR wire around his fist. Like, like he wants to snap. He wants to do I'm something. Like, I'm like it's, punch yeah. I will kill this motherfucker. He's like, that's another butt. <laughs> See the, the prop guys wearing heels. Cuts away again in the hall, a change of the consciousness or memory, retrieving hearing the footsteps. I like how he looks to the sound device when he hears the doorbell. When he's in his hotel, you hear a doorbell and he's he checks that. But then he this is where things get very twisted. Where art is now imitating life. He goes to open the door. And this is where I up. got confused as fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed you. Weird. There's a rattling on the door, and it kind of scares him. He goes to grab a knife, and when he goes to open the door. A long knife, too. Yes. Yeah. Like, we're talking Michael Myers-esque. Yeah. Blade. There's, there's like nobody there on the other side of the door, and now he's back into the projector room. For it, though. Or the Barbarian Sound Studio. His most recent actions. Well, that's the name of the movie. This is. Studio number four. His most recent actions that he, when he saw when he woke up and all that, it's being projected onto the screen. So he is now part of this. Not only that, but he's now speaking Italian in the film. Yeah. Something that, we made mention yeah. earlier. 
the film on the projector then turns into a sort of giallo film. No, the sound effect, the static, the distortion of image, the sound. It's like most movies back then, the, the giallo movies, the gialli way back when, they put them in boxes of like yellow. Giallo means yellow. And that was kind of like the, the, the color which separated the movies. It's like, oh, this is the horror section. Mm. That just kind of stuff. <laughs> So the movie burns and sizzles away and becomes a documentary of his hometown in Dorking. We get to see the pastures and the not liveliness. So back to Gilderay in a bed reading a letter from his mom again. The Chiff Chaffs were murdered and decapitated by magpies, allegedly. Seems somewhat important with a few different focuses on the letter that someone named Sheila confirmed the murder of the Chiff Chaffs. Oh. Oh, uh, oh, Sheila. Magpies can represent superstition, omens, hostility, or act of being misunderstood, and chiff chaffs are warblers, which are symbols of transformation. So, you sound like you have marbles in your mouth there. Warblers. Warbar. Why don't you warble on <laughs> these? what we used to call the card like girls with no warble teeth. On these. Warblers. <laughs> oh, okay. Cuts back to him in his room, taken off to bed, and oh, some Jesus. lady. Jesus. Some lady Arthur comes in. pissing me off right now. With a room, with a knife, and she raises it above him, and they have a silent struggle. Back to the projector room, Francesco and Gildori are now speaking Italian to each other, watching the struggle of himself on the screen. So this is the scene from what we saw at the very beginning of him watching this, you know, they do the watermelon smash, and there it is. If you drink, don't drive, do the watermelon crawl. John has reverted to country, John. <laughs> you damn right. Sorry. Singing songs of the South. Like, 90s South. So, yeah, Santini is there, again, Marilla? making out with the talent. So, and doubt has been replaced with gratitude or confidence. I think this new person is talk gratitude or confidence, or even curiosity. Oh. So, Gilderoy is back in the booth fixing some machine, reconstructing something in his mind. That's where the booth is. That's his internals. Oh. Uh, the new actress comes in and practices her lines, which are direct letters from his mom. This yeah, was that was creepy. weird. I was like, what the fuck is I that? feel like this is the only part, I mean, watching the film, because you know it's on a screen or whatever, I don't think was scary enough. But like when she comes in and pretty much recites that, I'm like, that was more of the what the fuck for me. Yeah. I don't think anything else in the movie except for no the whole yeah. the letter I mean, which provided comfort is the line. Like it's, he is now part of the movie. So he's taken back to a room where he closes the closet. He went into, that led him to outside towards the twigs. It's like when he opened the room, it looked like a... Like, like a closet or some sort of armory or something. Uh, did you mean armoire? Armory. Same thing. No, I'm pretty it's sure <laughs> there's a bunch of guns in an armory. That's the same thing. Or a basketball court where, where well, I'm yeah. from. Well, anyways, closets are something. It can be like hiding emotions or certain parts of yourselves, like protection or d depravity or so. So a brief cut of Sylvia screaming in the booth, like a brief return of doubt as he is painted in red light flashing the Silencio studio light. Return yet again with the sound booth with Francesco. Francesco makes a negative comment about Santini casting with his dick, and we hear a horrible take on the screen by the new girl, Elisa. If Elisa is one of these new mental models, maybe even replaceable as an excuse, it's like she's just a substitute. She's not in there for the long haul. It's just like something that maybe a new line of reason or something that kind of like just builds on this. This is the ending of it. 
He even beckons Gilderoy himself to go out there and handle this excuse. Eliza ends up leaving with Francesco, runs out of there trying to stop being a huge crap weasel. <laughs> and after the storm off, Francesco is in the projection room where he is fuming. He throws down those chains from the prop table on the floor before leaving, which cues another power cut. The chain of logic is now removed. We, we usually see Francesco inside the booth. So when Francesco finally leaves, I think that's an unchaining. Amidst the power cut, Gilderoy brings three candles to the sound booth. He notices the projector shines a small glimmer and sound turns on. So if during a, a power cut, there should be no power in there, but he's seeing something that's still shining. There's this glimmer that is still in there. He stands before the projector screen as he progressively becomes brighter and fades to the white with sound burning and birds. That's where I think it's the final descent into madness. Hmm. What we saw of him struggling before killing the person who entered his room, I think... This is him going back and forth from conscious to subconscious when he was sleeping in bed and maybe he killed his own mom. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. It's aggressive. It is. But I yeah. like that move. That which was what gave it a six for me. <laughs> it's not, it is a very basic movie, but it has very large experiences or experimentation with it. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's mine. Yeah. So we obviously know what I would change about it because I've said it 300 times. Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Great guy. Terrible actor. How about you, John? Change the whole movie? <laughs> Just take it out, put in something different? Maybe. Maybe a tit. Throw a tit in there. That was a lack of tits. Very lack of tit. Male or female? Female, you dumb You know, shit. if if I'm, it's 2023. I've seen some dudes with great tits. Thank you. Oh. Oh, Sheila. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, due to what I was able to pull from this, I feel like my rating goes higher. That was my experience that I I got out of this. Okay, so yeah, are we re-rating it now? So as, after I don't think our I would conversations, your rating is still gonna be a six. Yes. So you're gonna. So you're probably gonna. That's why lower. I said it slower. I was waiting for you to think. Six. No, I'm gonna keep mine at a three. All right. Yeah. Like after hearing all that bullshit, I'm gonna rate it. No, no, I mean I get it more, but I it doesn't know. help. The maybe, way that they, maybe I'll try an edible and rewatch this movie. I guess the way that they yeah. ended it, I fifty don't milligrams think, or higher. Fifty, <laughs> pussy. Yeah, the way that 50? they ended it, I don't think that it helps most audience members. Fifty milligrams. Fifty milligrams. Yeah. Milligram. <laughs> That's it. I don't know what I would change. I think it's it's not fine how it is. But I have a favorite, least favorite. I have a I have a favorite, least favorite title. Let's let's do the title first. The title is Boarberry <laughs> Sound <laughs> Studio. <laughs> I was did it. see that one. Mine is you've been punked. This is an elaborate <laughs> prank. This is one of the worst 90 minutes of footage in the history of mankind. This Puget's trash might ruin relationships and lives and start wars. It's pathetic, my friend. I'm crying for the time I just wasted. That was from Ricky Dry Country <laughs> in 2020. Mine is two out of ten. Pile of wank. Bill is a violent horror movie. What, this, what is his definition of wank? I'm, yeah, what's I wank? don't know, but 
Billed as violent horror, this film is anything but. Its trashy art house plot is poorly written and directed way beneath Toby Jones, who makes a brilliant performance in what must have been held to Hold film. On. An official 6.2 out of 10 is not deserving of this appalling crap. This guy who I read ranked Avengers Affinity War a 1 and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse a 1. And a man called Otto, a one. So this guy is a fucking idiot. Although although he did rate Blood Diamond and Interstellar 10. And Terminator 2. That 10. doesn't fix it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Terminator 1 or 2? Two? 2. 2. Two's the best one. 1 shouldn't just be forgotten. I guess. 1 is necessary. I mean, I guess. You get to learn that. I guess a That what's his name is kind of <laughs> fucked up. Falls in love with a chick because of a picture. I saw the second one first. Same. So I was really confused when he was the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I got no favorite, least favorite. Oh, okay. I feel like I wrote enough about this to. Who's turn is it next? Well, guys, that was that was a Barbarian uh, Sound Studio. Thanks for tuning in. You can watch this if you choose to. If we've swayed you, and you want to see this, or you swayed. or you want to see a terrible movie, you can watch this on YouTube for free. If you want to sit through some commercials, you can watch this on AMC+. Plus. I have premium, so I did not have commercials. John, uh, John's flexing again that he can afford Oh, YouTube I don't afford it. Plus. I have been donated by Cho. Yeah. Joe or Cho? Cho. 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 Who still hasn't sent me any questions. Wait, I so, thought he did. He sent me like two. Oh, come on, Cho. Justin. You, you got an hour. You are the next. I am the pick. next pick. You, you are the next I pick. am going to... I've been excited to fill this one up. I this made a comment a while back with the BPT ML, nope, MMK group that I was going to do something that was hinting towards this. Oh, God, I can't. This. I don't know if I'm going to like this. What? Huh? I don't know if I'm going to like You're this. You're going to love this one. Oh, God. Yeah. So I need a break, all right? So okay. I'm not going to have from my movie watching right up or whatever. You do this to yourself. I know. I do. And I can't help it. It's... Whatever. There's a disconnect or the connect. When you need a break, like, so we're not going to watch a movie or you need a break, we're going to watch something dumb. We are going to watch something amazingly dumb. Yeah. <laughs> we already did. It was Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> you watch well, your so much more fucking mouth. <laughs> that's so much more meaning in this. Uh, what I am going to pick <laughs> is just going to be a fun ride. All right. Um, I and I really want, I, I really want Jeremy to check this. this one out too. Well, he better be back next time, or I'm fucking leaving his, the podcast. His uh, schedule should clear up after this. It's <laughs> December when we're filming. Recording no, it's not. This. this is January. What are you talking about? It's January when this we're is 2024. This. 2024. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, nope. I was introduced into this. It's going to be a series. It's get on with it. No, there. I got to. He's got to make this longer. Everything has to be a, th a thing, you know. It's got to be a uh, fucking actors. So, you guys remember Honestly. the YouTube channel Machinima? Nope. What the gaming YouTube channel Machinima? No. It got. I don't know what tight. happened with it, but we it got closed down Harry or something. Anyways, they used to showcase certain animation projects or whatever. Okay. You know, and this is where I found out about like Mad Mario or the Link required watching. By the way, you should check out Mad Mario and. The Link is an asshole or whatever. Link the asshole. Um, what? <laughs> yes. From Legend of Zelda. Have you seen Asshole Mario? Shit, it's That's pretty much what it is. That's Yeah, Asshole Mario or Mad Mario. <clears throat> so what are we doing? The creators of those 
Uh, it's under the channel Hank and Jed. I feel like this is what women tell me when they're trying to nonchalant me, tell, tell me no, they don't want to have sex with me. No, I they do want to have sex with you. don't want to hurt my feelings. I do want to have sex with you. But what we are going to be watching is at least 20 episodes, all 50 if you're able to. You can – hold on. <laughs> don't don't look at him like that. <laughs> all the episodes are three to eight minutes long. All right, so it's going to be quick. And you can cut off some time if you skip the first 10 seconds and the last 17 seconds and get it under. Spin it out! Yes. Why, do you, get to, why do you get to do episodic stuff when I asked if I could do the Twilight Zone? You're like, no, that's dumb. I don't that's think I really said that. Long. Who said that? You did. I didn't say that. You did, too. Right. I did not. Sounds like something German. German probably say. said that. I love vampires, <laughs> but not those ones. Anyways, we are going to be doing somewhere around the 2000s or <laughs> 2010s. Duralius and Associates. At least the first mean. 20 episodes, all 50 if you're able to. The fuck are you talking about? Duralius and Associates. That's it. Next time I'm picking Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> I'm just going to pick. We're going to watch 78 hours of commercials. Well, you I'd watch it. It's Aurelius and Associates? Doralius and Associates. Doralius Where can I find and this? Associates. It's on YouTube. I will oh. send you the link to the, yeah, the do, playlist. Do that. And everybody at home, do you you will send you the link too. This all right, so it's going to be a theme that Jeremy is hates. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings style stuff. So it's about girls or it's hilarious. Old or laughing it, or don't don't ruin it just yet. Jean Jean Luc. He's looking it up. Uh, no, actually, I'm doing something totally different. Than what oh, he's doing. Oh, he's masturbating. No. Uh, oh, God. Apparently, my dad sent me that I have something unclaimed in La Vista, and it's a real website. So I'm a masturbating him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian. Oh, my God. I thought he was here. <laughs> Turned around and everything. Anyways. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode zero... 38 or something like that. Oh, that's the volume one. I'm turning down the wrong thing. Go ahead and see us out, Elon Dog. We've loved your presence tonight. We'll love your presence for the rest of your and our lives. Thank you so much for enjoying us. We are the Boundless Pod Trap. This has been episode 38. For Justin and John, I am AJG or Lonnie or whatever you want to call me. Or Chubbs. Or Chubbs. Devious One. Devious One. Or C10. Whatever. DVS1C10 at Comcast.com. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your not. We love you. John wants to fuck you. Au revoir. Cho, get your fucking questions in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.